We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hi, hello. It is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Another Mavericks win, a really impressive win, maybe a top five win on the season. The Mavericks go to Indiana and beat the Pacers, a solid Eastern Conference playoff team, 112-103. Kristaps Porzingis, 38 points, 12 rebounds, monster effort from him, and really a monster effort from the entire team. Unfortunately, I was held up in the office of my real job, and with the East Coast start time, I missed uh, a good portion of the game, but was able to catch most of the, you know, a good part of the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter. But uh, I'm here with Jeffrey Cooperstein, and Jeff, what were your, what are your initial takeaways uh, from this one tonight? Uh, my first takeaway was, I mean, how about Christoph Porzingis? As soon as he came into the game, he came out firing. Uh, he made three of his first four, and he forced Indiana into calling a pretty early timeout. And he was just on from the get-go. I mean, it's I know we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but it seems like when, when Luke is out of the lineup, he really takes it upon himself to, to carry the load on offense. And he, he's done a great job of it so far. And obviously this was his best game as a Maverick tonight, 38-12 and 12 on, like, what, 19 shots? Um, yeah, 20 I mean, shots, 10-20. 20. 20 shots, yeah. I mean, so really, really efficient and a really good night overall. And, um well, J- Jalen Brunson did the best he could. He 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 didn't contribute a ton offensively, but he did have that late basket down the stretch that kind of uh kind of put things away. So yeah, overall a really good effort. And I mean, we're we're almost expecting it from this team now that they're going to win these big games on the road with without Luca or without Porzingis. Yeah, I guess that's you're right. That's just kind of what they, that's what they do. I mean, they're 17 and seven on the road now, and think about how many of those road wins. I mean, they've got road wins at Houston, at Indiana, at Milwaukee, at Philadelphia. Like, these are good teams. Uh, so this is just – At L.A. Yeah, at L.A., you're right. Uh, this is just what they do, no matter who's in the lineup. Um, I'll, I'll go to – I want to talk about Brunson real quick because you brought him up, and I really wanted to talk about this, and then we'll go back to KP. Uh, you talked about how, like, he didn't have a necessarily, like, a, a giant box score game, and you're, you know, nine points and 
and three assists. But you're absolutely right about you know the the late play down the stretch. He had that huge bucket, uh, and then the possession before that, uh, he had a fantastic find to Dorian Finney-Smith in the corner for a three that that felt like just a back breaking three for Indiana and kind of like a almost felt like a dagger there, even though the game was, you know, still in jeopardy for the Mavs. And I think it was just a huge play because with Brunson, you know, he's a second year point guard and he's kind of developed the shoot first mentality a little bit. And sometimes, you know, he makes some gorgeous passes on the season, but in terms of being able to make consistent reads and being a facilitator and, and being able to handle the ball in high leverage situations, it's, is he capable of doing that? And just for him to be able to find Finney Smith for that pass, uh, for that shot in the corner and the pass that he made. And he really kind of created something out of nothing. Like it was almost Luca like in the way that he took a possession where the shot clock was winding down. Nothing was really and, going yeah, on. And, and of course, you know, when, when Berea went down, I mean, it was him and Wright that were sharing the point guard duties for the remainder of the game. Berea went out of the game with a, with a right ankle injury in the second quarter, I believe, and didn't return. So we'll have to see what's going on with that. But I mean, they asked, they asked a lot of Jalen Brunson tonight, and I think he showed that that he's capable on it, on his best night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I was just I was really impressed with those two, you know, the the assist and then the the bucket on the next possession. Just two really great possessions back to back for him down the stretch. And then I want to, you know, now I want to talk about Porzingis. And you're right, just monster effort, best game of his Mavericks career. Uh, I think you know, there's probably a lot of Mavs fans that are wondering like why. <laughs> <laughs> like why is he making shots now now that lucas hurt like where was this uh you know right Luke yeah we're all wondering that yeah and it's and i have some theories but you know i'm not ready to do to get too into the weeds on it because it's still a relatively small small sample all things considered uh i think you know just the obvious thing though is you know he's just because he has to he's just getting more touches in the flow of the offense and i'm not saying he didn't get touches or shots when luca was playing but when he's on the floor without Luca, they the Mavericks need him to get up shots and they need him to touch the ball a lot and they need him to run a lot of pick and roll. And he's just he's sliding back into that New York role of being the number one option, which is what he's comfortable with. So it's not necessarily and, like a oh go ahead, Jeff. No, I was gonna say, and that that's the thing, is that he's so comfortable in this role and he's excelled in it with the Mavericks when Luca's been out. I mean, he he's he just seems so more so much more aggressive and and willing to get to the cup and willing to do all these different things on offense that I, I shouldn't say willing, cause that's not the right word. Cause I think he's willing to do it. It just doesn't work out when Luke is on the floor. So, I mean, that's obviously the next step in the Mavericks evolution is getting those guys to be on the same page when they're on the court at all times together. Yeah, for sure. And I think what was nice, what's been nice about these last two games and tonight in particular, obviously six to 13 from three was great but he seemed much more comfortable inside the three-point line. You know, early on in the season, it was just like anything he did inside the three-point line or out, and outside of being right at the rim, he just looked lost in, in a way. And he seems much more comfortable with, I don't know, whether with his body or his mental or just mentally, but when he's making moves at the rim and when he's making moves out of the post, he just looks like a different player than a month ago. And I think the key is, I think this was, you know, we talked about this, or I talked about this with Kirk after the Atlanta game, and I know a lot of people have been writing about this, but I think the key for him is he's getting these post touches that aren't like 18 feet from the basket post touches. He's getting like in the paint 
post touches. So all he has to do is catch, turn, and fire and shoot like a 10-footer or an 8-footer or, you know, something like that instead of having to back down someone for three seconds and shoot a really awkward, you know, 18-footer, which is, you know, I don't think necessarily is is more his style. So, I, you know, I credit the Mavs for getting him deeper paint position to make sure that when he does get these post-ups or he gets these isolation shots that he gets better shots and he's i think he's do better shooting over smaller defenders uh one of the big key possessions late in the game was him up against malcolm brogdon and he was able to draw a foul and he almost made it anyway to a turnaround bank shot and you know that just wasn't that that just wasn't happening early in the season so it's just it's just good to see that you know what in terms of what he was doing on the floor what did, what did you like uh anything anything in particular I really like how he's been. He's been a he's been a really good cutter lately. Where he's yeah. Uh, I, I guess if he's on the outside and and Finney Smith gets in there and gets an offensive rebound, he just makes that little dive cut and he's he's wide open for a dunk. I've seen that at least probably two or three times in the games that Luke has been out. All and so I think that's a really big part of the game. Uh, great stat from Tim McMahon here on Twitter. Kristaps uh, Porzingis averaging twenty eight point seven points and fourteen rebounds in the victories without Luka Doncic. That's huge. And that's why, that's why the Mavericks, that's why you give them the contract. Like that's, it's just reassuring like, it, to know. Exactly. Um, they're they're going to be fine. No, and I think they're going to figure out how to play with each other. No, but yeah, it's, he, uh, he, he makes the game look so much easier when, without Luka. And I hate, I hate saying it, but they're, they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And they will. And I think like, you know, a lot of it is they're asking KP to play a different role when Luka is on the floor and it's just different for him, uh, especially considering he kind of had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted to do in New York. Sure, yes, so, he, he absolutely does. And, and Luca has that here, but he doesn't. Right. So it's just a matter of, you know, meshing it a little bit more. And, you know, I'm sure that will happen. You know, Rick Carlisle and the Mavericks coaching staff, they aren't dummies. Like they will, you know, this will get figured out. It doesn't, it might not be, you know, of course, we're, we're all, everyone can be a little impatient. It might not be this season, but they, they will figure it out. Because I think, you know, they're too talented, and I think Rick Carlisle's too good of a coach for them not to figure it out. Um, but moving on past, uh, yeah, moving on past Porzingis, for me, I wanted to mention uh, one of the biggest – well, actually, before I mention that, why don't we take a quick break before I forget, because I always forget to take ad breaks. And we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with who I thought was uh, a real MVP of the night outside of Porzingis. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Okay, and we're back with the Mads Moneyball After Dark podcast. 
Uh, Mavs win. They beat the Pacers 112-103. We just talked about KP, and we talked about Jalen Brunson. Now I wanted to talk about another guy who I thought a really great night, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. He had 25 points, uh, five assists, four rebounds, nine of 17 from the floor, four of eight from three. And specifically, I wanted to mention that the Mavericks used him in the pick and roll a lot, like a lot more than normal. And without J.J. Brea, without Luka, the Mavericks were obviously short on playmakers. And, you know, it's it's basically right, and it's basically uh, Brunson. And, you know, Seth Curry was out, too, with his with his sort, with the hurt knee. So, really, the Mavericks had two playmakers, so someone had to step up and take some ball-handling duties. And they did They did it with Tim Hardaway Jr., and they probably thought, hey, THJ and Chris Stops are two best offensive players. Let's get them in the pick-and-roll together. And I, if you would have told me that like a week ago, I'd have been real queasy about it. But I think I think THJ responded beautifully. And, you know, five assists and only two turnovers uh, is, is fantastic. He got to the rim a couple times. I didn't see too many out-of-control shots. Like, I really don't think you could have asked much more from, from him considering what the Mavs were asking of him and how different that is from what he's normally been doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's being asked to go outside his comfort zone a lot. I, I also thought he was really good tonight. He, I, I'm pretty sure tonight is the game where he's had the ball in his hands the most and been the initiator the most out of any game he's played in with the Mavericks over this, I guess, now a calendar year. Um, no, he he was really good tonight. He, there was that one crazy sequence there. I believe it was in the beginning of the fourth where the Mavericks missed like two threes, got both offensive rebounds, and then he kind of hit like a trailing three to kind of end the sequence and to uh, to stop another Pacers run. So, I mean, the Mavs did a really good job of that, of limiting the Pacers' runs and and uh, just shutting down problems problems before they occur. Yeah, definitely. And their defense was kind of bend, don't break. Indiana shot 45%, almost 46% from the floor. Only 20% basically from three, seven of 34. And that was the game. Mavs hit 18 three-pointers. Uh, the Pacers hit seven. Um, so, you know, that really was the game. Uh, Jeff, is there anything else? You know, I've kind of talked about THJ and, and Brunson and Kristaps. For you, is there anything else, not necessarily a player, or just anything else that really caught your eye watching this game or, or something that you just wanted to talk about in terms of, of what the Mavs did to get this win tonight? Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to a player. I want to give a shout-out to Dorian Finney-Smith and just how ridiculously good he's been from three-point from three point land. He has worked so hard on his three-point shot over the last four years, and to finally see it all come together and for him to be an absolute weapon in the corners was just awesome to see because he's, like, the best guy. And it, it's just – it's so fantastic to see him. And he's – and the Mavericks got him on such a value contract this offseason that he's going to get paid a large sum of money when he when he becomes free again. Um, and an, another key I saw tonight, and it's one that you don't look at very much, but it's one that's important, is that they were 22 of 23 from the free throw line. And when you're shooting 95.7% from the line, you're going to win a lot of games, especially given the frequency of which the Mavericks get to the line. Yeah, and especially man, that's been that's been a thing all year. The free throws and missing free throws and missing them late. Uh, Kristaps went twelve for twelve. Like that's huge. Like it, it was really nice to watch a game where free throw. Like I feel like even the games the Mavs win, the free throws somehow become they kind of. Yeah, I mean they always in. become a factor. It lets teams back in the games late, but tonight yeah. they made all of them almost, and you know it it put the game to bed like it should have been. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, on Indiana side, you know, they didn't really have a ton of, you know, uh, Sabonis had a good game, 11 of 18 from the floor, 26 points. I thought the Mavs actually guarded him pretty well. 
Sabonis is just he's just a really good player. Like I think Max Kleba did a really good job at meeting him at the rim and making things tough for him, but he's just such a good player and he's so crafty near the basket that uh sometimes it just really didn't matter. Um only six minutes tonight, so I'm just kind of going through my just kind of looking through some other odds and ends. Only six minutes for Willie Cauley Stein tonight, which uh I don't know. I guess that's interesting. I guess when you start Maxi and Kristaps. There wasn't. I, I, I think it was a little match dictated. Yeah. Uh, um. I. I. You know. He, he, it. It didn't work out great for him because I don't think he could. He can guard Turner or Sabonis. So it just. I don't think it was a good night for him to just play a lot of minutes. That's yeah, all I think and, it was. Yeah, and Indiana didn't bring a big off the bench. So if the exactly. Indiana's not bringing a big off the bench, the Mavs don't really. There's not really a, a point. Um. It was interesting to see Doug McDermott go over from the three point line and make five shots inside the three point line. Uh, oh, I know. I, I was a huge <laughs> fan of Doug McDermott, especially when the Mavericks got him. I thought he would be a great asset. And then he went, the Mavericks had to renounce his rights to sign, uh, to sign DeAndre Jordan, I think. And he signed right away and got a big deal from Indiana. So congrats to him, I guess. But I kind of wish he was a Maverick, but you know, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, DeLon Wright, I think had a solid game. He had a huge, that sequence where I think he, you mentioned earlier where he had two offensive rebounds back to back. Yeah. He had four assists, no turnovers. He's still making his threes. Like that might be quietly like one of the the big things for this team this year is how well he's been shooting the three ball. He's at thirty seven point eight percent career high. Um, outside of his you know his rookie year where he didn't really play that much, he shot thirty eight percent, but he only played eight minutes a and, game. And he and correct me if I'm wrong, but when he signed with Dallas, I mean, he was not a good three point shooter in the last few seasons, right? No, he was not, and especially in Memphis. I think a lot of that is because of the shots he got in Memphis. Got but, uh, yeah, he's never been, I think, before this year, his his best mark when he was, like, a full-time rotation player was 36%. So this is this is huge for them, for him to be able to hit I those mean, shots. Just another example of how Rick Carlisle and his coaching staff just get the best out of everyone. I mean, DeLong's been a guy this year that that has done so much on both ends of the floor. He's so valuable to the Mavericks. And, I mean, if – I think he's kind of like Finney Smith, where I, if he's out there, I'm I, I'm trusting him to do whatever whatever is needed. Yeah, definitely. And I think the Mavericks, despite the injuries, have settled into a good groove with the rotation. You know, in terms of who they're playing. Um, so, like, I, I've just I, I I just like what they're doing. They it, it feels like after that rough, it, it's weird because Luke is hurt. So you think that things would be a little bit worse than they are. But it feels like they're kind of slowly getting over the hump over that kind of funk that they were in like a couple of weeks ago. Like it, they're starting to play with a bit more intensity, a bit more uh, the efforts pit levels picked up and things look a little bit crisper, even if Luca's out. And so it'll be good to see this Mavericks team come back with Luca, you know, fully healed and, and ready to go. But man, otherwise, I don't really I, this was just such a great win for the for the Mavs. I don't you know, there's nothing really negative to say you go in and you beat the fifth best team in the East on the road without your best player. Like, man, I'm golden. Like, is there, is there anything else that you wanted to, you wanted to get to before we get out of here? No, you can't ask for more, but hope, hopefully uh, down the stretch here, the rest of the season, they don't wash this out with a loss to one of the bottom feeders at home. Yeah. Oh, and good. And that's a good point because I think the next, they've got a good stretch here where they're not playing a lot of teams with winning records, I believe. So you're absolutely right. They've they've got a chance to fatten up their their win loss record right here. Um, the next uh, three games are Memphis, who's who's you know they don't 
they're not like a, a Pacers team, but they're they're not like a lottery team either. The Memphis is uh, is on a, quite a roll right now. But Memphis, Washington, Charlotte, Utah, Sacramento, Orlando, Atlanta, Minnesota. The next stretch, like it's that's Utah and Memphis uh, are really the only teams that you that you kind of bat an eyelash towards. Otherwise, the rest should be you would say the Mavs are favorites. So this is their chance to really, uh, if they want to make a move in the standings, this is it. So we'll see what Absolutely. the Mavs do. Absolutely, make, got to make a run here. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jeff, if that's it for you, I think that's it for me. We'll get out of here. Uh, Mavericks, again, beat the Pacers 112-103. Next game will be Wednesday uh, at home against Memphis. Uh, presumably either myself, one of me, or Kirk, or both of us will will be on, and then maybe Jeff or – well, Jeff, I think you'll be at that at that game, so Jeff won't be on. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> one one of the combinations of us will, will be will be on with you guys after the Memphis game. So again, uh, Jeff, thanks for hopping on tonight. I appreciate it, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah, and this is Josh Bow for Jeffrey Cooperstein. This is Maz Moneyball After Dark. We will talk to you Wednesday after the Memphis game. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.